You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today at the Gateway Church online. We are so glad that you are here. And as we move into a new normal, now that Easter has passed, we just want to encourage you to be faithfully looking online to catch us. We also just wanted to make a note that we sent home a package for those of you that are regular attenders. And inside of that, we just want to make sure that you didn't miss anything. We have our soap reading, of course. We have an invitation to join us for the 6K Global Run, which is just a few weeks away. We also have some different ways to give, but I just want to take a second. We are just a couple weeks away from saying goodbye to Pastor Bruce and Brittany and their great kids, and there's some gift ideas, some ways we can bless them, and we want to make sure that you see all of that. We also want to say welcome to all the kids that are watching online at your homes, and we have got a Gateway Kids uh, informational, not a scavenger hunt necessarily this week, uh, but some questions to follow along. We want to encourage you to be doing that. And I'm not sure if you can see my shoes or not, but uh, these shoes, I bought these when I was in college over 20 years ago. That is not a lie. They're chugga boots, and I put them off to the side for a while. I brought them back, and I wore them this morning so you could see those shoes. Well, this morning, we're going to be back into a preaching series. This year, in 2020, we have decided to preach through the gospel of Mark, and Today, we're going to move into chapter 4, and I'm excited to do so. In chapter 4, it's interesting that uh, the, the text there becomes more teaching, where we haven't seen that, uh, a narrative uh, up to this point. But one, this is one of two sections of extended teaching. And Jesus, we know that he's about halfway through his ministry, and there's a major shift in his teaching. Instead of being straightforward in his teaching, uh, where we've seen that before in the Sermon on the Mount, or we've seen it in the Beatitudes and things like that, now there's a shift to be sharing stories, sharing parables, and it's enough of a shift that in Matthew chapter 13, verse 10, the disciples come to Jesus after the story that we're going to read today. They say, why do you speak to the people in parables? They were curious. Something had changed. And certainly, as you study and dive deep into the, to the text there and understand what's happening, we know that their opposition was increasing in Jesus' life at that point. And so he had to be careful. So he shared in story. And so those that could hear and understand would, but then there were others that would hear and not understand. But then also, I just think Jesus was the greatest communicator of all time. And who doesn't love a good story. A good story is memorable, isn't it? Now, the nature of a parable, the definition of a parable, let's just look at that. It says, a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or a spiritual lesson. And in Mark chapter 4, there are four parables. 
And so we created a little mini-series that we're going to call The Moral of the Story. And let's get our mind around that idea. When you think of a great story, you think of great literature, you think of a great movie, what makes those stories, what makes those movies memorable? In fact, I want you to think right now. What is your favorite book? Or what is your favorite movie? And then what is the point of, or the moral of that story? For me, I, my mind goes to C.S. Lewis. Uh, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago in, my, in the message. Uh, but The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is probably one of my favorite books. And I can guarantee you that C.S. Lewis had a point had a reason, had a moral to the story. And I just wanted to encourage you, right where you are, let's blow it up online, let's make comments. What is your favorite book or movie, and what is the moral? So if you're with a group of people, why don't you share? If you're by yourself, you can comment online. Let's see, what is your favorite movie, what is your favorite book, and what is the point, what is the moral of that story? Let's take one minute to answer that question. All right, welcome back. I hope that you had some good conversation. I hope that you've commented in the comment section and so we can see what is your favorite story, what's your favorite movie, what's your favorite book. And it's interesting to me that there are some books, some movies, that you have to really pay attention to understand the meaning behind it. In fact, if you don't pay attention, you can miss it entirely. Well, that's kind of like today's story. Mark chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus, after he tells a story, he says this. He says, do you not understand this parable? Or don't you understand this story? How then will you understand all the parables? And so what we see Jesus saying here is that it is so important for you to understand this story. You better get this. You better focus on this one before you look at any other parables. And let's just dive in and look at the story today. It's the parable of the sower. And some of you, this will be familiar. Others that may be joined online, this is a great story. Let's look at it. Verse 1, it says this. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. Let's pause there for a moment. He, Jesus is teaching by the Sea of Galilee, which is a sea or a lake that's about 13 miles long, about 6 miles wide. So about twice the size of Spring Lake. If you live here in the Tri-Cities, you can get your mind around that. He's in the middle of his ministry. There's about 10,000 people, believe it or not, that are, that are listening on the seashore. And Jesus gets in a boat. Hold on. Jesus practices social distancing. How about that? But if he's in the state of Michigan, wait a second. Did he get permission to be on a boat? I don't know. We better keep on going. And it says, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teachings, he said to them, and this is the key, verse 3, he said, listen and behold. He uses two different times right there, it, it, just to, for emphasis. He says, listen, behold. And if you fast forward to the end of the story, verse 9, he says, and it, he who has ears 
to hear, let him hear. So on the beginning side, he says, listen, behold. On the end, he says, listen and behold, if you've got to get this. And before we read the story, I want just to say that there are three elements, three ingredients, so to speak, to this story. There is the sower, the seed, and the soil. And you've got to understand, get your mind around this, it will help us understand that, number one, the seed is constant. The seed represents God's Word, and it doesn't change. God's Word is powerful, and we know that Satan hates the Word of God. That's why he comes and he, he tries to destroy it. The second is the sower, and where that is constant as well. And the sower can refer to anyone who is spreading the seed or the Word of God. Now, like any good story, there are layers of complexity and layers of meaning. And certainly, when you study this in its entirety, you can understand that God could be sowing his seed, Jesus, to the people of Israel. And we're going to see that some will receive it, some won't. And um, certainly, that is application there. But for us and for what we're talking about today, I want you to see yourself as a sower, ultimately. And then the third piece is the soil. And there are four different types of soil, four different types of terrain in this story. Let's look at it. Mark chapter 4, starting again in verse 3. He says, listen, behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. So we see some of the seed on the path. And others fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it immediately sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. And others' seed fell among the thorns, or the weeds, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And then again, at the end of the story, it says, And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Some people have called this, instead of the parable of the sower, they call it the parable of the soils. And we see three different components, again, in this story. The sower, the seed, and the soil. Now let's pause here for a moment. Being in quarantine, my mind, thinking about three ingredients to a story, my mind... Uh, has gone to, let's eat. Being in quarantine, that's all I want to do all day long. I don't know about you. I want to eat and eat and eat. And so what I did today is I grabbed a recipe for monster cookies. And the point with a recipe is that you have to have the right ingredients at the right time mixed together to make the greatest cookie of all time. If one of these ingredients is off, let's say the stick of butter, instead of one stick, you put four sticks, the whole thing is ruined. Or instead of four and a half cups of oatmeal, you put one cup of oatmeal. Or you don't put oatmeal at all, these cookies would be ruined. That would be bad news. And I know I don't want to cause any controversy, but I'm curious, what is your favorite cookie and why? And uh, for me, my favorite cookie are monster cookies. But just take a moment, right where you are. And uh, again, you can comment and let everyone know. Or right where you are with the people that you're enjoying this with, why don't we take one minute to talk about your favorite cookie, and then I'll bring this together and talk to you why we're talking about 
our favorite cookie. As you're sitting there talking about your favorite cookie, I'm eating one of my favorite cookies, a monster cookie. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you talking about cookies um, in, in this story? What's the, what's the connection? Well, let me get this down. I probably should have timed that a little bit better. In Jesus' story, there were three ingredients. Remember, the sower, the seed, and the soil. Well, there are three ingredients. And on that last soil, in this story, there were four different types of soil, and only one of those worked. And that's what makes this work. So you say, well, what's the moral of the story? Well, in the story, the soil, it's important for you to understand, is the condition of the heart of men and women. It's the condition of your hearts for boys and girls, students. And there are four types of hearts that receive the seed. Let's look at it. It's starting in verse 14. And we'll get some understanding here. It says, the sower sows the word. Again, the, those are both constant. The sower is, is always the same. The seed, the word of God is always the same. And then we see in verse 15 that there is the hard heart. The four types of soil. The first is a hard heart. And let's look at it. Verse 15, it says this. It says, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word so that it is sown in what's sown in them. So again, the hard heart is the first type of soil. And we're going to see that it doesn't work. The second is a shallow heart. Let's look at it. Verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. Shallow, right? And the ones, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution arises uh, on the account of the word of God, immediately they fall away. Again, we see the shallow heart. There's no root. It's in rocky ground. The third type of soil that doesn't work, by the way, is a crowded heart. A crowded heart where there's thorns and weeds. Let's look at it, verse 18. And the others are the ones sown among the thorns, right? They, they are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter and it chokes the word and it proves to be unfruitful. Let me pause there just for a second. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, we see something interesting. There were, there, there were people that thought they belonged to the, to the tribe, that thought they were believers, but never were. Let's look at it real quick. It says, they went for out from us, but they did not really belong to us at all. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. And the first three types of soil are bad. These are not good. They never belong to the work truly. And it's interesting, just like a monster cookie recipe. And by the way, I'm just noticing, this recipe came from Amanda Chillerhos. Thank you very much. If you want this, you can reach out to her and get that. But anyway, just like a monster cookie recipe, something was not right. If something was not right in this recipe, I wouldn't be eating these cookies. I'd just be discarding them, throwing it into the trash. It would become a waste. 
And in the parable, Jesus' story, it proved that the first three types of soil were unfruitful. It's that last little phrase, they proved to be unfruitful. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He shares another opportunity. He shares the right combination, all three ingredients working together. And we see that in verse 20. Look what it says. It says, but those who were sown on the good soil, this is the fruitful heart, are those who hear the word of God, they accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. The moral, the point of the story here is that there is a fruitful option. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, I really like what it says. It says that, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, number one, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. So they hear it, they retain it, they're persevering, they produce a crop. In other words, there's a harvest, there's a multiplication. And back in Mark's gospel, it says the multiplication is 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. And that's where I want to pause and ask the big question. The moral of the story is to ask this for each of us. What is the condition of my heart? When you read this, what you have to understand, what Jesus is trying to to get us to understand is we need to be looking inside saying, what's the condition of our heart? Spiritually, not how is it beating, but what does your heart look like? The most important question, you must get this, is what Jesus is saying. He said at the beginning, listen, behold. At the end, he says, those who have ears, let them hear. What is the condition of your heart? Is it hard where the seed falls on the path, kind of like concrete, where the birds come and pluck it away or people come and they step on it? Needs to be plowed up, right, if if your heart is hard? And I know that that can be painful. Or is your heart shallow on rocky soil? Where's the emotions, where all of a sudden you're excited and then there's no root, it's so shallow that it's just emotion, it's, the joy is, is gone and you're never really connected. You're quick to hear, but you don't understand. You don't pay the price to be a, a true Christ follower. Or is your heart crowded, where you never truly repent? You don't remove the thorns or the weeds. The worldly cares can trip you up. The desires for riches, the lust for things. It's interesting when you look at those three types of soil that don't work. We have to really examine ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says this. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. We need to be doing this. This is the point. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. The moral of the story is what is the condition of your heart? I really like what Wearsby says as he sums up this whole chapter. Not the whole chapter, but this whole parable. One of the commentators I like, he says this. The seed represents the word. That's God's word. And the sower is the servant of God who shares the word with others. 
The human heart is like soil. It must be prepared like a good recipe, right? To receive the seed before that seed can take root and produce a harvest. So let's look at our hearts. How are we doing? What is God saying to us in this moment? And the first big takeaway is to consider what our hearts look like. And I want to encourage you that if your heart is hard or shallow, or if your heart is crowded, we need to make room. We need to soften the soil for the seed, the Word of God, to be planted and let it take root. What I'm talking about is understanding, hearing, and retaining the Word of God. And what we call that is receiving salvation. The Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's no one righteous but God sent His Son, Jesus. We learned about that last week in, at our Easter service, that Jesus was sent. He died on a cross, but then He rose from the grave, and He did that for you. And today, the Word of God has been sown, or it's being sown even right now. And if you are in a condition where you're watching, you're tuning in for some reason, and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. And it's a simple prayer. And after I pray this prayer, I want to encourage you, if you're praying this and you're saying, man, I've never prayed this, or I'm coming back to the Lord, where maybe I once followed Christ, but I need to get my life right with Jesus, I want you to make yourself known. Go to our website, thegateway.church, to the contact page, and let us know so we can follow up and really walk with you in this season. But let me pray. Lord, I just ask that you would do a mighty work in my life and in the lives of those that are watching. And for those of us that don't know you as our personal Savior, Lord, I pray that we would surrender to you. Lord Jesus, I just believe in your word. Lord, even as it's been shared this morning, and Lord, that this word is falling on good soil today. I pray that the Word of God would be rooted and strong in people's lives. Jesus, I pray that you would save us. Lord, that you would, you would uh, redeem us, take away our sin, and Lord, help us to live free. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer or a prayer like that, again, I want you to make yourself known. But there's one last thing before we go. That's so important. When we consider the soil, we consider the sower, there's also that third component, the Word of God, that must be sown. And I think we are all responsible. Every Christ follower should be sowing the Word of God sowing the seed. We talk about living out our mission almost every week, and we talk about connecting with God, connecting with each other, connecting with the world. And that last piece, connecting with the world, is our chance, church. Let me just speak to those that are regular attenders. This is our chance to sow the word no matter where we go. And you don't have to worry about where the seed falls the Lord will multiply when it falls on good soil. And so some of your seed might fall on the path and get picked off by Satan. Others may fall among the weeds or the thorns. Others may fall in the rocky ground. 
But I promise you, as you sow, as you share the good word, the point, the moral of this story is to sow more seed. And I'm going to encourage you and encourage myself to do just that. And as I share these last little cookies here, um, before I let you go, I want every single person watching to make a comment. What's the big takeaway? What's the big next step? Even in the kids' sheet, it says, what do you need to do this week? Or what is God telling you to do? I want to encourage you to do that. God bless you. Lord, I pray that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.